1: Welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we invite you to join us for a weekly or fortnightly celebration of all things Keyforge, its community, and the excitement of discovery. I am somehow still your host, Ed Pocock, and today I am joined by fellow Archon and podcast host, Dan Johnson. Dan, welcome to the pod. Greetings, Archon. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, how's it going, Ed? That was me thinking that you used, like, a uh, a voice changer for that, but it's actually just your voice. It is my
0: voice. This is quite a talent. Yeah. This is quite a talent. Hey, the second person yeah. to be on the other side of the curtain, they're like, wait, what? That's actually you? That's not post-production effects? <laughs> nope. That is all Dan. I think FFG are going to start using that for their marketing <laughs> material. When Sanctum returns, I will be the voice of the knights i love it i love it just chain a bunch of sanctum cards together yeah i'm super serious guys super serious (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's how we keep things. And uh, f- for those of you listening to this for the first time, uh, you might think we've just gone crazy, and that's probably true. It and is that is how heart. we like to keep things on this podcast. But in all seriousness, every two episodes, we like to introduce a different member of the Keyforge community. And in the first episode with these guys, we learn the story behind their love of Keyforge, and we invite them to share their unique perspective on the game with a discussion topic. That that matters to them. The second episode is about bottling the excitement of discovery and our guests share with us the decks they consider to be truly unique to themselves. Today uh, we are going to be talking about building an online community in Keyforge. Super excited about this one because Dan it's uh, it's somewhere that we might say you've got a little bit of experience.
0: <laughs> yeah it's crazy. I If you've ever listened to our Sanctimonious podcast you know that I'm like super mushy about our discord server that we set up because like the people I man, I don't know how it happened like the people in there are amazing like we have such a great time there's such great discussions everybody's super civil with each other I think in the entirety of the discord I think I've had to step in one time to kind of like stop a circular argument and f- that's for amazing th- yeah I think we're almost we're like we're pretty close to pushing 400 members in the Discord now, which is just, like, mind-boggling. And, uh, yeah, like, to have that many people and just everybody... Yeah, and everybody's so super respectful, everybody's super nice. Um there's always good discussions, I don't know. It's it's been an amazing thing. I've 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 said it a million times. If the podcast blows up and dies. Like we've got the Discord and that probably will live on longer than the podcast, which uh it's such a cool thing. So yeah, I like online communities and I've somehow magically created one that I yeah, it wow, you know, no words.
1: I I love it. All this mush and more coming very, very, very shortly. But to begin with, we like to, to just ask our guests a, a few questions and get to know them, sure. get a bit of behind-the-scenes information. So, uh, so Dan, let's kick off by saying, I mean, it's a question that's been on, on my lips uh, <laughs> for a little while. Your, your podcast is entitled Sanctimonious, and for our audience that haven't listened to Sanctimonious, go and check it out. Because thank you very much, Dan. It is one of the podcasts that, that really uh,
0: inspired me to start my own. And um, awesome. so I, awesome. I, I thank you very much for doing so. Glad to bring more people into the podcasting community. It's, it's a fun one. And yeah, we just we need more perspectives, more angles. There's a lot of different niches of things to talk about. And you found a nice niche here. I've enjoyed your first six or seven episodes I think six. Yep, One, three six, doubles. six, six, bang on, bang yep, on. I'm number seven, my, my lucky number, lucky number seven. number seven. You are number seven, absolutely. You know why six was afraid of seven?
1: Because <laughs> seven,
0: eight, nine. Oh my God. <laughs> you can tell that Dan's a dad, everyone. Um, dad jokes for days. That is, a,
1: that is a brilliant, brilliant dad joke right there. <laughs> I apologize. Dan, your, your podcast is called sanctimonious mm-hmm. Um but you you can say here it's a safe space. Uh, <laughs> is Sanctum actually your favorite house? No. Or is something else your favorite house or can you not even
0: pick a favorite? So I mean, it's tough. Like I mean coda I was all about shadows. I loved me some shadows. It was like Shadows Dis whatever. Shadows Dis X like untamed logos. Sanctum sometimes. Um that was definitely my go-to in Coda. <clears throat> um AoA God it's kind of weird like Mars is kind of it but that's only because of Martian generosity key abduction like i'm obsessed with this combo I just procured two more Janka decks, as the kids like to call them, uh, the other day. So now I'm up to five Janka decks, and I've sold two of them, too. So I've had seven pass through my hands at one point or another. I just can't get enough of that combo. It just makes me so happy to draw 12 to 18. To My record, actually, is I did draw 36 cards. I didn't have 36 cards to draw, but I did it. I've got the sting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the sting in a deck oh goodness. And, uh,
1: that's yeah, one I... of my favourite cards actually um, <laughs> for the uninitiated here for those of you that have been fortunate enough not to play against a uh, Genker as the kids are calling them this is the uh, Mars Age of Ascension combo that allows you to essentially lose lots and lots of amber to draw through basically your entire deck and then key cheat uh, to forge a key for free uh,
0: leaving your opponent smashed on the floor essentially Yeah, I mean, the optimal play, I mean, the minimum optimal play is at four amber, you play Martian Generosity, that pumps you to five amber, that draws you ten cards, so if you started with your hand of six cards, you've got 15 cards in hand, one of them being Key Abduction, um, hopefully. (laughs) So you've got 15 cards in hand, you play Key Abduction, which gains you an amber, plus 14 cards in your hand equals a free key. Well, you, you pay the one amber for it, but that is the... The minimal optimal play anything over five that you can get to and then martian generosity is just extra gravy because then you get to keep that amber and plus now you're holding 15 cards in your hand so most likely um and it just depends on where you're at in your deck um you're holding a lot of cards from your other two houses at the end of the turn which is just sets up a couple of dynamite enough to play. with a, a few times yeah, later, over the usually. next over the next few turns or or if you're really cheeky, like me and, uh, Zotted from our Discord, we like Mars First and Proliferator, so that you can play the Proliferator Reap, uh, Mars First Reap with Proliferator and put the Key Abduction back in your archives, and then just play no other cards so you can just Key Abduct the next turn as well. <laughs> it's a pretty silly combo. So you can get two keys out of that little little setup, which is pretty fun. And it's there's not really a lot your opponent can do unless they have like punctuated equilibrium or some other way to just remove like three or four cards from your hand punctuated equilibrium being the card that
1: allows you to uh discard your card and and set up a new one again which is an amazing play if it's your own turn and uh, can quite often make your opponent feel very aggrieved
0: (laughs) crafted this hand for three turns and now it's all gone
1: Absolutely, absolutely. That that key charge is is in the discard pile, and it's not coming back. <laughs> Dan, uh, you're you're essentially cheating on on Sanctum then with uh, with Mars in Age of Ascension.
0: Yeah, no, like we we like the name because it was funny because we are very kind of we're casual competitive. I don't know for like. We're more probably on the competitive side, but we're, like, kind of silly. So we just thought Sanctimonious was hilarious because being Sanctimonious is being very highbrow and talking very uppity, and that's not us at all. But it was really funny, and then you just switch out a letter to make it Sanctummonious, and then you get to play the role of the Archon. And that's just kind of fun, too, and, I mean, just kind of lines up with the general level of silliness that we kind of enjoy mixed in with our competitive Sides. And, and with a capital U in,
1: in Sanctum as well, which is, of course, very important. <laughs> yep. All about you in the Sanctum. So, Dan, um, we've spoken about your favorite house, but I'm also intrigued. What is your favorite game variant of Keyforge and why?
0: That one's tough. I don't... Dad life. I don't get out to many events. Um, I had a lot of fun in the Archon Adaptive. We ran an Archon Adaptive League. That was really fun, playing Adaptive. Right now, like I just I haven't been over inundated with adaptive yet, so maybe that's still my favorite just because I really like picking the deck that's a little bit off-kilter to play so your opponent doesn't really know how to pilot it effectively and then playing game 2 with your opponent's deck versus your deck where you kind of know yeah. the ins and outs of your own deck is such like it's a feeling you don't have in Keyforge very often, because most of the time you're playing against a truly unique deck. So you play some random person, you're playing against some random deck that you're never going to see again. Well, Game 2 of Adaptive, when you're playing against your own deck, you know exactly every card in that deck. You know exactly what it struggles with. You know exactly you know what to play around. Like, I play one yep. deck where I have, I think there's two Ember Imps in it and then a rise and a reverse time and it can just get out of hand with just those Ember Imps coming down over and over again so when I played against that, against one of my opponents in the Adaptive League like I held their Twin Bolt Emission for the entire game because I was not going to get Ember Imped out because I knew how big of a play that is in that deck and yeah, unfortunately too, reverse time is a really difficult card, <laughs> card to play and he fired it off at a time when he hadn't gotten to some of the cards he needed in the deck, so it just kind of really set him back and once he played reverse time I kind of knew the game was over because he wasn't going to draw the cards he needed to draw to really make the deck effective. I really like Adaptive right now. I haven't gotten as much of a chance. I know a lot of people are kind of burned out at it at this point because they've played in a bunch of the different online leagues, but I've only played the one Sanctimonious League and maybe like two or three other Adaptive matches. And just that whole kind of mind bending that second game when you reverse decks and try to figure out their deck versus your deck and just kind of trying to pick a deck that you know how to pilot really well and know the ins and outs of to really stop your opponent I even used a Jenka deck one time, and the poor guy like just had no clue, and he discarded Martian Generosity with 6 Amber, and I was so sad for him. I was like, <laughs> you just threw away the win, man. Like, all you had to do was throw oh it there no. for 14 cards, and it would have been so great. And he just discarded it. He wanted to just force the key. He's like, yeah, I don't know about the combo. He's like, I don't know how that works. I was like, oh, oh man. No. Yeah, yeah. It,
1: I mean, it's it's still not an easy one to pull off. And at, at first, at first glance, it feels a bit. <laughs> the idea of losing all that amber that you've carefully curated is
0: is um, is one that doesn't doesn't come naturally all the time. No, and like the thing you have to realize is when you hit key abduction, you're getting that key anyways. But that's hard to wrap your head around because if you whiff, yeah. it can be yeah. super rough. If you whiff, I mean, you're still drawing a ton of cards, but it's such a tempo hit if you don't actually hit the key abduction that. I've changed my tune. I try to. I actually Mulligan out of Martian Generosity starts because I want to make sure when I MG that I actually do hit the key abduction, so I don't take that tempo hit.
1: Dan, tell us about your background with podcasts, with card games. What drew sure. you into KeyForge?
0: Okay, so p- podcasting background. I did a Malifo podcast for about two years. That was really fun, called "Before We Begin," um, where we built. That's a miniatures game, kind of a skirmish miniatures game, five to eight models on the table at a time. And the unique thing of that game is we had to build your list at the game table. Like, you didn't build it and just come ready to smash. Like, you had set up a scenario. And so... That game was all about like list building was kind of the important part before the game started to make sure you had the right units so that was a really fun podcast to kind of build lists with people card gaming wise um i started playing magic kind of towards my later college years kind of a little bit later than most people but played for quite a while played magic um kind of burned out on standard after about three or four years and started playing modern and loving that because i could keep decks together for longer so i would draft and take my draft winnings and draft rares and just turn them into modern staples so i had a pretty solid modern collection and then that too became financially unfeasible to keep up with that just... I, I can
1: i can sympathize with that uh, i'm not a magic player myself but i wince at the cost of some of these uh some of these decks even the even the ones for standard seem
0: uh yeah seem uh, rather pricey for cardboard well, it's just like every three months you'd have to like even for my modern decks like to get the one card I needed three of would be like maybe a hundred dollars like every three months and it wow. was just like ugh it was rough so I was just like I you know I'm gonna stop playing this so I I didn't play for an entire year sold my collection got out of it um, kind of messed around with some different um, kind of online games I played some Soul Forge back in the day that game where it was alternate rows played that for about a year uh, then. Got into Hearthstone pretty big in the last year and a half. Played that pretty heavy, did the laddering thing, usually finished in the top five levels. Never really made the push for Legend because, again, dad life, but usually could finish in the top five ranks there. And then MTG Arena came out, so I got back into that and drafting for quite a bit. And then December, I heard about Keyforge. I kind of heard the rumblings about it. November-ish, but I didn't really check it out. Then December, I kept kind of hearing a little bit here, a little bit there. One of my friends was playing it, and he was saying that it was awesome, so ordered a couple decks off of Amazon at, like, 15 bucks a deck because they were just nowhere to be found. I called every game store within, like, 45 (laughs) minutes of me. So I got two decks to start. They were one of them was actually kind of decent. I don't know. They're both like 70 SAS rated decks. But one was actually pretty cool, but it was like way too complex for like a brand new player to play. It was It was like Shadows, Logos, um, Mars, and it had a Key Abduction. And it's it's got like double TMTP. Like I've played it a couple of times recently, and it's gone a lot better for me. But man, I was getting my face stomped over and over again when I first started playing. Yep. But yeah. December is yep. kind of the big time uh, I got into it. Started buying decks, got a buddy that was playing Magic into it, and so we started playing a bunch of it. Then VT Seattle happened, and that's right in my backyard here. So I went to that and just had an absolute blast. And from there, I don't know, I just kind of got active in the Keyforge Lounge server and met Jake. Do that through his articles and his streaming we kind of hung out a little bit and we started talking about maybe doing a podcast i was like yeah man one thing led to another one thing and led then to another, we all know what happened are, sanctimonious <laughs> like 21 episodes i think today was the 21st episode release so wow yeah wow and
1: uh and for listeners you know when we were recording it based on that that's a fascinating journey and there's probably lots of things you take from those those different card games and different game experiences into keyforge with you uh with 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 uh, with experience comes uh comes capability when it comes to card games so what other game would you recommend
0: that you've played in the past that KeyForgers might enjoy so the one i'm stuck on right now is i play dream quest on my phone it's a it's okay. kind of a, it's a deck builder game yeah and it's it's really fun. So it's kind of in the veins of Slay the Spire. I also really like Slay the Spire as another kind of deck-building uh, game. This is the uh, the game, I think, isn't it on the Nintendo Switch? It is on the Switch. It's also on Steam on the PC, so that's where I have Slay the Spire. But again, dad life, I don't often get to sit at my PC. So I got <laughs> Dream Quest, which is a a reasonable facsimile if you can get over just... I mean, it's not very graphically pretty or anything, but it's a really yeah. solid game. Um, it really teaches you, like, that one's a deck builder, so you really have to, but it's, you know, it's a uh, roguelite. So each run yep. that you do is different, so you have to make decisions. You kind of have to figure out if there's multiple different classes. You have to just kind of decide. You have to make. You have to really be good at card evaluation and how you can build a deck to stand up to the monsters you're going to face. Okay, so some
1: similarities to Keyforge there with the variance of different runs and, and yep. the decisions that you need to take.
0: Yep, and then pretty much playing out your hand and always redrawing back up at the end of the turn. So you're trying to look for ways, like a lot of the the builds I like to do in that game have a lot of card draws, so you're always drawing through your deck. You're trying to shrink your deck as small as possible with as many effective cards as possible and able to draw through them maybe once or twice a turn. And you can do some silly things, and that's when those are the runs you're the most successful with. Awesome. Sounds very Keyforge indeed. Yes. With all of this... uh,
1: experience that comes with playing different card games keyforge is of course still quite a young game uh it hasn't even been out for a year yet and uh it's it's got legs uh, i think it's got a long long time in it so with that in mind what future change in keyforge would you would you most like to see
0: Oh jeez! Bring back Sanctum. No, that's, that's Sanctum. A big... oh, no, just... <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> he's um, back
0: to the PR line again. No, I I would like to see um, FFG do a better job of doing coverage of their events, um, promoting their events, coverage after the events. Yeah. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's something they promised at the very beginning and maybe they just didn't realize how big it was going to be. And that's, that's fair, but that was something they said in the original, like we're going to do coverage. I think so far they've done maybe two articles after VTs that they kind of did a a breakdown.
1: Rather than live kind of streaming, you're referring more to covering what's going on and what's happened in different vault tours
0: and sharing that with the community after the fact. So yeah, I mean The I wanna,
1: stats breakdowns
0: Yeah, I want to see The stats breakdowns I want to see I mean, <laughs> luckily Again, come to our Discord We have Lady Caffeina Who uh, keeps a mighty fine spreadsheet Of all the Vault Tour top 16 decks And their SAS stats Which is pretty amazing So that we can kind of pull out our own takes that way but it was just something that they said i mean yeah i would like to see like the streaming is getting better seems to be that we have a stream for every venue as long as they have the wi-fi ab- able to run it <laughs> but yeah i just always I, a big if i always feel like you sometimes you're just surprised by things like the u.s grand championships were kind of like announced and then it was pretty low turnout because it just didn't seem like it was built up very well um, and there's just there just seems to be some things there, and then I would like to see the app. My goodness, I would like the app to be able to look back at like my local tournaments, so that I could yeah. see like the decks I played against, who I played against, that kind of thing. Yeah. i th- I mean, all that stuff is in. The- I mean, I know I'm I'm no coder or programmer. I know there's probably quite a few API type things that I have no idea about, but that just seems like it would be so so awesome to be able to, like, after the tournament go home and look at the deck that you played against and go, oh, man, yeah, I Totally should have been able to see that he had double aw bads and double charrettes. So I should have never thought to <laughs> keep trying to make Martian generosity happening and chaining myself for three turns and losing myself the game. <laughs> you know, like yeah, just yeah. stuff like that. Like where you could just yeah. review after the fact because I'm I'm a big proponent of post game reviews and a lot of the games I set up on our Discord. Like we do have a nice conversation after the game about plays and different things that kind of were the major factors in the game going one way or the other. And I, I'm a
1: stats man as well, so I, I'm complete agreement with you there I love looking at the stats, what houses have been played, what cards are the best, what cards have been the worst. Um, often surprising because our perceptions are often very, very wrong. Um, and we were talking in a previous episode about how Shadows and why is how Shadows seen so much in Age of Ascension? And, you know, is it actually because it's the best house or is it just a perception thing? And yeah, they could dive into all these statistics in, in, in articles and I hope they will in the future. I know Alex has spoken about it a bit, so I I think this might be might be on its way. I
0: hope so. Yeah, shadows is just steel is so strong, and I don't somehow like, it it didn't get out of testing that steel was that strong of a mechanic that it just puts it even with shadows being not quite as powerful and AOA still like Ronnie wrist clocks into t, like, too much to protect into Ronnie wrist clocks is like the sweetest feeling play ever as a, as as the pilot. Yeah, uh, if you're playing it,
1: if you're playing against it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's rather the
0: opposite. Well, it's um, just brutal, because you have to just go to 6 knowing they have the Ronnie in hand. Like, you can never go to 7 with Ronnie If they've got a Ronnie and they haven't seen it yet, like, going to 7 is just asking for them to steal 2 and take you off check. Like, you almost yeah. have to go to 8, but then you're running the risk of the too much to protect into Ronnie to steal 3 and still pull you off checks. So, it just puts up uh, some very awkward situations for yourself or your opponent, whoever's on the receiving end of that combo. Yeah, you make your opponent very much play
1: around what you've got in hand rather than doing whatever they want to do. Indeed. One final question for you before sure. we dive into our our main topic. Which creature of the Crucible, any creature in the Crucible, any creature of Keyforge at all, would you most like to host a podcast with? And <laughs> this is this is not saying that anything's happened to Jake. Jake is safe. He is <laughs> secure. <laughs>
0: Uh, let's see here. It's an Interesting one. I'll, I'll hang out with my boy Ronald. Ronald wrist clocks. He seems like a okay. cool dude. Okay. He's pretty. He might steal your your microphone though. Uh, he might steal my microphone, my Apple Watch right off my wrist. But I mean, how can I blame him? It's in his name. Like he's just he's being who he is. But he seems to be a pretty fun-loving guy in the kind of fun-loving way that I like to have, which is you know to just destroy your opponent's hopes and dreams of ever forging a key.
1: You could say that with all that podcasting gear you've probably got too much to protect <laughs>
0: it would be your true crime would be not taking it little flavor text for you there. Are you are you someone that dives into the flavor text? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I'm, okay. I think it was, I think Z on the re- most recent Archon's Corner actually painted the exact picture of who I am to you. I'm like the, I don't need art on the cards either. <laughs> like if it just had the stats and what the card did, I'd be happy. Like I don't, right. I pay zero attention to art and flavor text for the most part, but Too Much Protect actually is a pretty funny one. So I've, I've accidentally noticed that one once because I think that, like said there's two of them in my original deck so maybe too much protect just has a special place in my heart so i actually know the flavor text for that one i couldn't tell you what's Acc- on the picture accidentally notice goodness <laughs> <laughs> um I, I, brad if you're
1: listening you know it is some someone cares someone cares about the flavor text Someone gets those pop culture references. It's just not Dan. (laughs) It's it's not me. So let's dive into our main topic for the day, and this is all about building an online community. Uh, For our listeners, if you have not yet visited the Sanctimonious Discord, I recommend that after finishing listening to this podcast, you head right there and become a part of it. I am certainly a part of it. And it is one of the most positive examples of the gaming community that I have ever come across.
0: So, Dan, how did you do it? Um, first you go online. Then you create a community. Done. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. And then you never touch it ever I again. Never touch it ever again. No, so I mean... I was hanging around in Keyforge Lounge server, and that was fine. I was being pretty active in that one. And then we started our podcast, and I was like, "Well, we may as well start our own podcast, you know, like our own server for Keyforge." And it may not ever be anything too much, but it's some place where people that like to listen to our show, you know, can come in and chat with us and talk about the episodes and talk about the game in general. And yeah, like I don't, man, it's hard to, say. I, I don't know, like. I think the most important part at the beginning is you need to really have somebody that, like, drives the discussion. And I kind of filled that role for quite a while. And it's really nice now because we have so many people that are just great people now that, like, I'm not driving as many conversations as I used to. Because I used to go, like, you go into some servers. I'm not going to call anybody out. But, like, somebody will ask a question and just nobody responds to them. Or somebody asks for, like, a deck list analysis and it just hangs there and nobody says anything. And it's like when that happens, like you feel so bad for that person. And I I think that was the biggest thing I made sure. Like if somebody posed a question or if somebody posted a deck list they wanted a you know, an analysis of, I was like, if nobody else had analyzed analyze that yet, I took my you know, I took the five minutes, looked over the list, kinda gave my initial thoughts on it, just so somebody somewhere, you know, had to analyze that per their ask. Um The other thing, like, it was super cheesy, but we just welcomed everybody when they joined the server. Like, I made sure to just say, hey, welcome to the Inner Sanctum to pretty much, like, 300 of the people. A couple of people have interesting names that I could dad joke around a little bit. And, I mean, I don't think it's a whole lot, but it's, it's really cool because, like, I was the one doing it, and then a couple other people do it. And now, like, pretty much anytime somebody joins in, there's, like, four or five people that give them, like a, like, a nice welcome and at to the server and, like, just, like, landing in that kind of, like, welcoming welcoming environment is pretty amazing. The fact yeah. that, like, you know, you join a server and all of a sudden you've got, like, three or four people, like, welcoming you in. Like, I think that's just a big first step to just kind of show people, like, hey, like, this is a cool place. We're happy that you're here. Like, say something. It definitely is a
1: gives you a, a warm feeling inside. and And I think as well, I am very lucky because... I live in a big city and there is a pretty thriving Keyforge community here. Uh, But that's not the case for everyone. And the Crucible is amazing for that. You know, it provides everyone with somewhere online to play when maybe they don't have people right next to them. And I know you guys at Sanctimonious have done a really good job of setting up uh, leagues for people to play against each other in a semi-structured way over the Internet. But actually that community probably really fills a gap for people that maybe live in more rural places. Maybe there's not a thriving keyforge scene around them. Uh, it makes them feel part of a community despite not having, having that in a, in a geographical sense.
0: Well, and even then, like so, I'm in a pretty hot bed for keyforge. Like, there's a different event pretty much every night of the week. But dad life makes it so that I just I can't get out of the house. And I've noticed a lot of the Discordians are also fellow dad life gamers, so we can play after the kids are in bed, or you know, randomly like at work on our lunch breaks, or just kind of like random times that just you know doesn't line up with attending a chain bound every week or every other week or. Every other month, or you know, (laughs) so it's really nice to just have that, like, have that space too. Because, like, the other thing that our community has been amazing with is vault tour preparations. Um, We have a quote-unquote Team Sanctimonious, but, I mean, there's nothing official about it. We kind of announced that it's just kind of a community team in our previous episode when we got a bunch of questions. Jake got a bunch of questions in Collinsville, like how we selected people for our team, what it took to be on Team Sanctimonious, and we're like, well, I mean, if you're just in our Discord and— you, you chat you're on team sanctimonious like it's it's pretty much that simple community yeah I love it. community pun yep so there you go there that, that was out of my dad brain um talking to somebody sky jedi about the community aspect of our team but yeah so like right now like in our discord we vt vegas is the next upcoming u.s vault tour and so, um, one of our Discordians is posting triad deck lists up in a, in a channel so that people can then evaluate the three deck lists and pick which one they would ban and explain why they would ban it and what cards they'd look out for in the other two, two decks so that those that are going to VT Vegas kind of have some preparation kind of can give their own thoughts, but then also see the thoughts of other players. So We've got people like Alex, the Nick of Slots, Mr. Yep. Double Day Tour of Gen Con, voicing what he thinks he would ban. And So you're just getting these top top player levels, uh, um, and opinions. And you've
1: got Aurora, a, a Lady Aurora, who uh, yep. she, um, she double, double, uh, double, double top-cutted the Krakow Volt Tour yep. as well.
0: Yep, and so we have all these like really top level players. We even had Dave Cordero from Team Reap out. He's been super active recently, and we've learned a lot from him. He's given us a lot of inf- information on building the Triad lineup, like trying to kind of cover weaknesses with one deck over the other. So that's been really helpful. Justice Blinded's been super active as well um, awesome. from Team SAS and he's shared a lot of good information with us. We've just, we've kind of, just kind of keep seeing the community grow and just more people coming in and just being a part of the conversation and sharing really good information. And, and,
1: I, and that's not to scare off the newer players either, no, because definitely I, I think
0: not. It's, it's a very welcoming
1: environment for, for more casual players as well. Um, and it's, it's an amazingly inclusive environment, I think, towards all kinds of different players. Um, but Dan, have you had any issues with kind of moderating the community? I think you said earlier there was one thing, but how, what's your general approach with that?
0: Um, so I mean, yeah, we've been super lucky. We had one spam ad attack, that I mean, somebody just alerted to me right away, and we, I kicked the person. I didn't full ban them because I don't know. I I just I'm a, I'm am a nice guy. I didn't want to full ban them, so I kicked them. Deleted like <laughs> the two or three like advertising posts that were not KeyForge related. And that was pretty much it there. We had one argument that kind of went circular. It was a good conversation for about 150 messages, but then the next 150 (laughs) messages kind of just kept going around the first 150 messages. So I just kind of had to like step in and say, hey, I think we just need to wait. Like it was, it was, I mean, it was before the timing charts and everything. So it was an FFG kind of rules scenario. And there's, you know... There's good points on both sides and they were both presented in a nice manner and then it just kind of got a little out of control just because there wasn't any more points being made. It was just reiterating the same points over and over again. So that was like... the I think with, with a game that people feel super passionate about... That's always going to happen from
1: time to time, isn't it? You know, people yeah. people have have their own views on formats, on the way the game should be run, on certain cards, different things. So, uh, so it's good to have a, a referee
0: to step yeah. in. No, it's been great. Like for the most part, we were pretty small, so I was, me and Jake were the only kind of people that could. Um, change some things, but now i 've assigned a couple of stealth mods since i 'm a little bit busier with the two kids now so i 've got a couple of stealth mods that can um, get rid of some messages and do some kind of minor moderation and so that 's been nice they uh, I mean like i said it 's <laughs> the community 's so great we haven 't really had too many problems like amazingly. It still just kind of boggles my mind how great that place is and just the conversations going on daily. And, yeah, I'm having a hard time keeping up with it right now. Like There's so many people and so many conversations going. There's certainly a lot, but I feel every time I actually read through a
1: conversation on the Discord, I learn something. And um, there's lots of people that play Keyforge to uh, amazing lengths and and they think about it in an entirely different way to to the way i think about it i may be a player that sits more in the casual box there to learn from people that are able to share their experiences of the game in a, a nicely digestible way um is is awesome
0: yeah i mean i think really the important thing with the community is your community is going to reflect i think your biggest influencers in the group so if you can get a bunch of positive, big influencers in the group. Like that's just going to shape the whole thing because everybody's going to see that as kind of the standard and the example. And we've just been super lucky to (laughs) attract all the very positive, big influencers. And I think that's just what has made the sanctimonious discord such an amazing community. We just, everybody's super positive. Everybody's there to help each other. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's so good. So there's a few different online communities in Keyforge,
1: and they all seem to have a different vibe to them, a different role. Where do you think Sanctimonious sits within that? And do you think it's healthy for the game to have a few different discords running at the same time?
0: Yeah, I mean, you should always have options. Like, you should definitely have different i mean just like podcasts i shouldn't just be one podcast you need a bunch of different podcasts to cover different players interests and different players kind of what they want to see how they react to the game um like i said like i th- man ours is just like the big community team like i don't know i haven't spent as much time in the other i used to hang out in quite a few of the other servers before we started ours but I haven't spent as much time just because ours has been pretty pretty active and I have a hard enough time keeping up with that and two kids, so just (laughs) keeping the eye on on the one that I've got kind of the ownership stock in um, has pretty much taken up most of my time. So, no, I mean, there's, there should definitely be multiple servers out there. Like, everybody needs a place. Everybody, like, you know, I have no qualms with any of the other servers. Like I said, I used to spend quite a bit of time in a lot of them. I just don't have the time to really frequent them all as much as I did at the beginning when it was just solo kid. Absolutely. So, for
1: anyone listening that is in part of the Sanctimonious Discord currently, um
0: how would you want to encourage people to to join and and contribute i mean we 're just we 're open to anything like if you have questions about a deck, if you have questions about pricing a deck, like we have a bunch of buy sale traders in the group that can help price decks. Um, I feel like I've kind of lost the edge on that a little bit. I'm I'm kind of becoming a miserly gamer with all the decks I have, so I'll give you a good lowball price, <laughs> and then other people will give you the actual like market price probably. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I can... mean, I've got absolutely no idea when it comes to deck prices either. So <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I used to be really on top of it because I used to really peruse the secondary market a lot. But I've kind of hit a, a glut of decks that now I'm just having a lot of fun playing all the different decks I've acquired and just kind of rotating through them but yeah like i mean anything like if you have questions about how to play the game about a rules question about you know um how to read your opponent's body language like (laughs) that was a big topic one day in the court and it was a really good discussion there's definitely no silly question on on your discord and that's
1: one of the things i like about it and one of the hallmarks of probably a good online community for sure so, uh, one more question on this, Dan. What plans do do yourself and Jake have for the sanctimonious Discord in the future? Things that you things that you might try with the online community. Um, I know that you're you've, you're running the the league over the Crucible, um, but ha- how might this evolve in the future?
0: And I don't. Know, everything everything that's kind of happened and there has been just kind of a big community movement, like um we started to get a lot of channels and so we had we cut it down some so we have a few more general channels than super specific we used to have one for board games one for video games we smashed those together cuz they get used quite a bit but not a ton i don't know like anything that happens in the discord is usually something where somebody will ping me and be like hey can we do this and i'll give it a thought I'll be like, yeah, we sure can do that. So, like the Vault Tour Preparation channel came from one person wanting to like match up people with kind of buddies, Vault Tour prep buddies, to kind of work together. They had like part of the sign up for that channel was... You had to give who you were, what time zone you were in, what your aims were, what events you were preparing for, and that way you could kind of formulate a training plan, which was really cool. Sadly, the uh, head of that got a little busy with real life, but we still use that Vault preparation channel to do the things like the posting of the triad deck lists to uh, kind of all co-give our ideas with spoiler tags so you can't see what other people's... um, thoughts are before you write your own thoughts so once you write your thoughts then you can unspoiler them and see if people agreed with your assessment or if people had different takes awesome and it's definitely one of the most active channels on the discord as well it's busy so <laughs> i don't struggle for words often i really like to talk um that's why i've <laughs> podcasted for two and a half years and i've got a job where i do a lot of talking like it's something i enjoy doing but yeah, it's just really hard to say. Like, we just we pulled together such a good core group of people when we first started, that it set such a great foundation for what the community has become. And we've had people shift in and out as you know their lives and their interests change, and we miss some of them. And you know, I think fondly back to some of the conversations. But I, yeah, it's just always been so good. And they when they pop back in, it's like you know an old friend's come back from the past and I don't know, like just, it's been amazing. I've really enjoyed it. I have really enjoyed getting to know the people in there, all the private DMS. I've made friends. I've got more couches to sleep on if I ever do get the ability to travel (laughs) (laughs) for tournaments and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, it's been great. It's been so amazing. Just the people, just the people like the people that make up that, that court have been truly, truly my favorite part of doing the podcast. And the people in
1: Keyforge, just in general, seem to be the nicest people. Uh, as a general rule, the nicest people that you could meet. I've been bowled over by the community of this game, and it's one of the things that's really kept me so engaged in it. Definitely the sanctimonious Discord distills that as best as it possibly can. Aww. So, uh, so we've, we've been mushy today, and <laughs> next week... We are going to be slightly less mushy, uh, because we are going to be focusing on a deck discovery episode. So... Keyforge at its heart is a unique deck game. And whether it be for that eclectic combo, that exciting strategy, or just a really funny name, everyone has a deck that feels like a good fit for themselves. So join us next week for our Deck Discovery episode, where Dan is going to be sharing one of his most loved decks. Uh, so Dan, any hint for our listeners about what they can expect from your Deck Discovery episode? Uh,
0: it, it kisses well. It kisses very well. It features my man, Ronald Rischklox, in triplicate. And then it's got this little disc spell, also in triplicate, called Exhume that does some really silly things. And Ronnie just likes to hang out on the table for the entire game. And and we'll see whether Exhume and Ronnie are a match made in heaven <laughs> Um
1: on next week's episode so thanks again dan for joining us and uh to our listeners please let us know if we've missed anything on online communities what do you love about the sanctimonious discord and what do you want to see from it and other online communities in keyforge in the future uh, let us also know what you want to see more of or less of in this show and please subscribe on your regular podcast app you can find us on facebook on Twitter, and you can email us questions at discoverkeyforge at gmail.com. And most importantly, though, if you think a friend might enjoy this podcast, please help them to discover it. Thanks again, Dan, and thanks for listening. Thanks for the call of discovery. Now
0: forge those keys.